0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective.
1: This podcast is
0: brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. Tad Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated wow. the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all <laughs> over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part...
2: Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike, and we are being joined by several members who are involved in a awesome little horror film called Hundred Acres of Hell. And we have Stacy Toy, Ernie O'Donnell, Joel Ruda, Jeff Swatton, and Gene Snitsky. How is everyone doing? Great.
3: Doing good, man. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Love it. Welcome, everyone. And apparently we have just been joined by Mike McKeever as well.
3: Nice, that's Ed. Ed and Mike. Ah, Ed. Ed. Hello, everybody.
4: You look Ed is dark,
5: very dark.
4: <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was either get the computer on or get the phone going, and I got the phone going. So
5: <laughs> Get a fl- get a flashlight or a candle, you bitch. There you go. <laughs>
4: there you go. You shall find. Hello, everybody.
5: Good
2: evening. Hello. So, so, Derek, is this a record for us on how many people we've had? online with us at one time. Uh, I'm looking at six mm. others, including and eight, including the two of us. This, uh, may be, this may be close to a record.
3: Nice. At
2: least well, from, we had the Geek Watch one game. We had a lot, too. That's true, too. So it's close. Very close. Nice. So, uh, who would like to start off and tell us a little bit about 100 Acres of Hell?
4: Oh. Big Ed. Hey, guys. Can you hear me all right? We hear you just fine. Who, who's online? Because I see Ernie. I see Joel. I see you two fine gentlemen. I hey, see we'll the in. lovely birthday girl herself. Happy birthday, Stacy. Thank you. Big and big then big I, big see, I see somebody's really jacked arms, so I assume that's Gene. Oh, <laughs> I can't see
6: Ed. And, and then so, I see
4: Gene's action figure with Joel's tattoos. <laughs> 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 uh. Jill's action fake <laughs> <laughs> Um, but hey, everybody, it's, it's great to be here. Um, where's Jason, Sam, and everybody?
5: Jason is on an emergency call uh, with the DOT, and Gene is trying to get his picture up, but he is here with voice.
4: Oh, gotcha.
5: All right. So I'm sorry,
4: gentlemen. You want me to get started? Where, where would you like me to get started?
2: Uh, well, we put out there t- for whoever would like to start uh, to tell us a little bit about the film.
4: All right. Well, I actually think that the, the greatest person to tell us about the film, but I see we only see part of his body here is Gene. Um, we we were fortunate enough to meet Gene several years ago, and, you know, he recently just finished up a successful run with the WWE, and he hooked up with a couple of losers from Jersey, being myself and Jason Kerner, who were aspiring filmmakers, and we all came up with this grand idea of making a horror picture together, Uh, hence the beginning and impetus of 100 Acres of Hell, or as we called it at the time, manhunt. Okay. And uh, we, we managed to run into all these fine individuals like Mr. Ernie O'Donnell and Joel and our partner, Jason Kerner, obviously, at the, the impetus whole thing ourselves. And we built this really great community of people that came together and and, and made, a, made a pretty awesome horror film. And I'll hold this light up. I'm not trying to be like satanic or anything, but <laughs> my computer shut down while I was trying to do this, and it won't turn back on now.
2: You're just setting the mood for a horror film.
4: Absolutely. That's sexy Ed. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's sexy Ed. <laughs>
2: uh, you, you mentioned you're, you're from Jersey. Great film, yes, sir. Great filmmakers come from Jersey.
4: And I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think Smith? most notably, yeah, most notably a very good friend of uh, Mr. Ernie O'Donnell you see up top. A childhood friend. Oh my God, I look hideous. Um, and, <laughs> no,
3: you don't, man. No, you don't.
4: <laughs> um, childhood friends together. Uh, Ernie and 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 Kevin. And you're right. Kevin's a wonderful filmmaker. A lot of Love great filmmakers. Work. Jersey being the home of film. You know, some of the first things ever shot on film were from yep. New Jersey, up in Fort Lee. And uh, we're just trying to continue that whole beautiful history of film, kind of with our own twist on it.
2: Awesome. <laughs> So how did the idea for 100 Acres of Wood – or 100 Acres
1: of Hell. 100 almost,
4: Acres, 100 of, acres wood. of Wood oh. is a totally different film. I have oh, it on VHS. Shit. I'll let you borrow it.
1: <laughs> a different That's rating than we have.
2: Um, How did A Hundred Acres of Hell come about um, concept-wise? Why a horror film? Why this concept?
4: All right. Well, I guess the best way to say it is uh, Gene and Jay were brainstorming some ideas. And obviously, they wanted to use something that would really have Gene's physicality. Uh, Very rarely do you have somebody that's as you know, um, athletic and big and strong and, you know, having all those identifiable characteristics as you do with someone like Gene Snitsky. So they really wanted to, to kind of capitalize on that. And I Do think, that- of course, the first thing we thought was, you know, let's let's make a like a killer, like a Jason Voorhees or something like that. But as we got to know Gene, we saw, now Gene's much more than that. Uh, Gene's actually, you know, a leading man and could be the protagonist. Um, so I think p- better for the people to explain it in the beginning were Jason and Gene throwing ideas around. I think they talked about everything from a – from a killer priest to a slasher in the woods to, to all this really cool stuff. And then we kind of wanted it more grounded in reality. So we came up with these cool characters and came up with the backstory of having this down on his luck wrestler.
5: Okay. And G- Gene is so damn handsome that, you know, that leading man thing just, you know, it's a perfect fit.
2: <laughs> hey, it was good enough for Lita to try and distract him in a lot of matches.
1: So, yeah. I, don't know it, I, I can't see myself in the little viewfinder, but I'm assuming you guys could see me, maybe. And I see we- your big, sexy forearm.
3: woo Yeah, we can I hear you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no guidance because my view camera thing here isn't working, so I don't That's know what's right. going
6: on. Vo- voice Take is okay. Camera, Gene.
1: Yeah, no, I hit it, Ernie. It's not playing. I don't know why. Because if I turn, it's on right now. But if I if I hit it off, then it's off. But when I turn it back on, I can't see anything in my viewfinder. I don't know why. Anyways, yeah, just to follow up on what Ed was saying. a friend of mine's dad has this ranch and uh, people pay to come hunt at it and I ironically went out for a tour of it one time and all I kept thinking about to myself was, man, this would make a great place for a horror movie and never did it, you know, cross my mind anything about the elk or the animals that people go to hunt the whole time. I just kept thinking, man, this would be great for a horror movie. (laughs) So I reached out to Jay and he came up and I brought him over there to see it and like Ed said, we just kind of came back to my house, sat on the deck and smoked a cigar and brains stormed over a thousand different things and a thousand different angles and you know being with my wrestling background and football background we wanted to combine more of a protagonist that could actually challenge the antagonist as opposed to a babysitter who's like 110 pounds soaking wet and you know all that kind of stuff so We wanted to make it more true to life to where, like, you know, the antagonist actually has a challenge. He's not just going to have a pushover at the end. And, you know, the fight scene came out great. Everybody that was involved in that, from the fire starters down to the fog guy, Ed. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was just, like, just kind of fell into place, man. The fire scene was awesome. The fight scene came out great. You know, Offa Jr. played, uh, you know, Sam in the stunts and, The one bump where we threw them off top of the van, on top of the car, then down onto the ground, just, I mean, like that was just crazy. And that was like at four o'clock in the morning and it was about 30 degrees out. And it was just, uh, everybody gave their best effort to make it come out the way it did. And I'm you know, extremely proud of the team, extremely proud of the project. It only took us 10 years, but I think we finally nailed it. And everybody that saw it, that I talked to loved it. And you know, unfortunately, with the pandemic, virus nonsense, everything kind of came to a screeching halt. But, you know, we're getting our momentum back. We just got picked up by Walmart. So Walmart oh. has us now. So Excellent. It's, uh, yeah, we're pretty pumped about that and really excited about the future of the film because I know I can speak for everybody involved. Yeah. And, um, I think it, it exceeded our expectations on every level.
4: Well, I'll,
2: I'll add in there, too. It is available on Amazon Prime uh, for rent or buy as well uh, and i think on vmo it's
3: oh it's on like 32 platforms it's like voodoo itunes google play on demand um it just played in new york time or in times square too on the biggest uh, oh. billboard in new york city what was that, two weeks ago, guys, three weeks ago now? I, I forget. But, yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely gained an awful lot of momentum for everybody, and it's been really incredible to to see it kind of grow. It's like almost like, do you ever see those things where, like, you can grow a wife <laughs> and you put them in water and they, like, expand? It's, like, almost kind of like that. <laughs> where it's like I it's think, one of I those things Joel, that you I didn't want.
1: <laughs> <about that. laughs> hey, honey, grow a wife, hear that? <laughs> I, said, I think Joel would know a little bit about that. Tell us about that, Joel. How does that work?
0: Oh, you don't want to hear about it.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joel. <I> <laughs> an an That's blow up. Not I miss, I miss- <laughs> <laughs> See, Jeff knows exactly what I'm talking
4: about. <laughs> On the other side of the screen there. I'm with you. I hear Jeff, but where is Jeff? I don't see him. This new Fandango technology has me confused. <laughs> I'm here <dude. laughs> I Jeff, is that part of Jeff I see? Hey, Jeff. <laughs> I'm up here. Good to see You're you, with- brother. Do I have to go way up here like this? Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. If I looked like you, I'd rule the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Stacy, how did you get involved in the project?
3: Um, it was actually, honestly, by accident. Well, kind of by accident. Joel actually brought me on board to come meet with everybody to do some public relations for I'm- the team. Were you going to say something, buddy?
6: <laughs> I, I thought I was doing by bringing you on.
3: Yes, he, he brought me on. So essentially, it's all Joel's fault um, that I have this as a career now. <laughs> no, it's Joel. actually – it. it's it's everybody's fault. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I just have a natural curiosity, so I asked a lot of questions. And these guys were crazy enough to, to ask me to, um, you know, kind of be in charge of behind the scenes and help them out on a bunch of different stuff. And so it was a learning experience, but it ended up ultimately – why I'm a producer now. So um Hundred Acres of Hell is where it all started. So I'll always be grateful for it. And this entire cast is just absolutely amazing. Like we've been doing this for years and we still like each other. So that should say something in Hollywood especially.
1: Yeah. No, I know with- I helped, I helped Stacy when she was still at WNEP sixteen on a project. I'm just gonna throw that out there.
3: Ah, uh, yeah. I used to direct America's <laughs> highest rated local newscast in the country and then I'm like, no, just come and do film where it hurts and you're you're working twenty four hours for no money. <laughs> I'm so proud to be here.
2: <laughs> now I know Ernie has done a lot of films prior to this. Um, Is this the first film for a lot of you guys? Or have y'all done others before this?
4: <clears throat> I, so, mean, I, did, I did a few other films, but I, nothing that I necessarily wanted to get out there. So we kind of we kind of <laughs> steal the crypt doors on those uh, <laughs> really pop up online. And I do everything I can to get them off of YouTube and such. Um, but we're very proud of this one, the one this one turned out. And I got to tell you, while you directed that call at Ernie, from a production standpoint, the fact that Ernie had worked on some of these really huge sets was absolutely invaluable to us. Um, I feel bad that he, like Gene and the other professionals that worked with us, had to suffer through our lack of accommodations. You know, we didn't have the usual trailers and. And uh proper facilities to serve uh lunch and, and dinners and things like that. So I think more than anything I'm really proud of the way the whole team pulled together to make this happen. And I'm sorry, Ernie, you so had something to say, but I just really <laughs> felt the need to lick one of your
5: nipples real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just one. Just,
4: just one. Just
5: one. <laughs> I, I get paid to lick a nipple, you know. I got gotcha. you. All right. You did feed us, though. Don't say that. You fed us. No,
4: we did. We did. But it wasn't yeah. proper. Trust me. It wasn't a Kevin Smith set. You made movies with, like, Roseanne Arquette. And and uh, go ahead. Drop some names. Ben Affleck. And, uh, he yelled at Ben on, Affleck right. like twice. Hit me with some names, Ernie. Nice. Hit me with some names. Some sexy names. Hit me some names. <laughs> uh,
2: <God. Yeah. laughs> Former Thank Weeby you know. Geeks guest Marilyn Gigliotti.
5: Gigliotti, uh, yeah.
3: my roommate in L.A. Yes. <laughs> I'll,
5: I'll give you one big drop and then I'll leave it. Martin Scorsese, how's that one? There you go. That works. Does that works. <laughs> that works. Drop the mic on that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the big dog. Yeah,
0: that was. I had done some other things, um, nothing to this scale. This was the biggest part that I had. But I'd done a little bit of TV, some stage work. And some other smaller parts, but this is my first chance to get into a really good-sized role. And I was really happy when Ernie approached me. I think he was looking for maybe somebody to grab a piece of that eastern, uh, was it central eastern Monmouth County flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I seem to be huge over, right on the shore there. It's a little pocket in New Jersey.
5: Right.
0: Yeah. I want to gra- grab some of that. You know, we need
5: you. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, I could, somebody I could bounce off of when we're, when we're having a scene together.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, that, that was super fun, super yeah, fun. Yeah.
5: I was amazed, really, about,
0: you know, you talk about the budget, Ed, and you know what the truth of the matter is? None of it mattered. Because everybody believed in the project. Everybody was so freaking talented. And I don't care what your role was on the job, the passion behind it from everybody made the thing go. And everybody believed in it. And myself involved made me want to jump on and be a, a co exec after a while. I was like, I got to see this thing get finished. So yeah. kudos to you for uh, you and Jason and, and Ernie and everybody really believing in it. And man, it just it had some pump and fire going to it. And Gene, well, of course, Gene. And uh, really made me believe in it. Um, I could tell the passion, and I jumped on board full force. And I was so thankful to be a part of it. Yeah,
4: and we, and we thank you for that too, brother. Matter of fact, everybody that's on this call right now uh, Sans, jason Jason—we're really the meat and bones of, of everything that, that happened with the film. And truthfully, if it wasn't for the individuals on this call, we never would have got the, the film done. Everybody, you know, lent their 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 talents and uh, their specific knowledge uh, to get it done. And for that, you know, I'm eternally grateful.
1: Yeah. I just want to say thanks to everybody that worked on the project and gave all their time and effort because it was a lot of uh, sacrifice. But in a, in another note, I want to say rest in peace to good old, old Merle. Robert was a yes. man. He was awesome in his scene. He killed it. And I knew how excited he was to be on set with us and through the scene. So, man, I, I miss that guy, and I know everybody else does, but I just wanted to give him a shout-out while we're on here. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. That, and that, don't
0: yeah. know. Oh, he's referring Bob Walden. That's my father-in-law. That was in the film. Well,
2: oh, you know what? Just for that, we'll dedicate this show in his honor. Thank
4: Yeah, Old Merle. This episode, <laughs> dedicated
2: to
0: Old Merle.
4: That's probably one of the most badass scenes in the film. Hey, and, and Jeff, you want to hear something cool? Um, I I never really told this story before. I had met Mr. Waldron the first time on set, and we met him. We were shooting over at the Galloway location, and then we followed up at the diner location. Not the diner. What's supposed to be like Old Merle's Restaurant slash convenience store. And he fell into character so quick, I thought he was like a local guy from New Gretna who just showed up on set. And it actually took me a few minutes to go, hey, wait a second. The guy talking with that side is actually the actor that's playing the part. So he even fooled me you
0: know he had so much fun doing that role when he prepared for I mean he and Ernie knows it. Ernie he came to me and he said I think I'm gonna you know I'm gonna ask Bob to be part of the movie he's the only one that didn't have to audition for for the film He's like no he's, he's got a it. he is he's a, he's a stud so but he comes from a lot of states a little kind of interesting he comes from a lot of stage work and so he fell into character so quick that first take i remember it i was i wasn't a part of that scene but i was so happy and giddy and ha- for him that i was filming him doing his scene so i had my phone up doing it and he knocks it out of the park the first take, like, I'm watching everyone, and so it's like, okay, cut, everyone's hearing, and now he thinks he killed it, right, and he did, and <laughs> oh, we're like, okay, now reset, you know, we got two lights here, let's go, 20, excuse me, do it again, he does it again, all of a sudden about eight to ten takes later, he's like, oh, shit, this is harder than it looks, <laughs> <laughs> He
5: needed
0: to, need to sit down, Jeff. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, thank you so much. I know it meant so much to him and to my wife,
4: Al, and stuff. We 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 loved it. It was great. Nah, he's su- such a great guy and such a great conversationalist. And when he came to the premiere and was networking with everybody and talking with everybody, just such a nice man, um, a pleasure to be around. I wish I had more time to spend with him because uh, yeah. he really, truly was a great guy. Yeah, yeah. He affected a lot of people. So yes, sir. good dude.
5: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's enough of that. Oh, Merle. So, uh,
2: Derek, I'm going to let you jump in here because you, you're being all quiet over there.
5: He's plotting.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is plotting. He, he's still trying to figure out how to I, how he gets me to call him Zod. It, it's it's not going to work. I. Uh, he just did. No. Does he even hear? No, does no, he no. even hear
5: you?
0: <laughs> yeah, he hears. I hear. him. <laughs> Selective. <laughs> That well, blue, uh, it looks like a
5: blue drink, Ed. What was that?
4: It is. Everybody's always so interested in my blue drink. It's just Gatorade, I promise. Oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's not it's not a winning drink, Ed, I'll say. No,
4: no, no, right. it is not a winning as it has not been a winning drink in about 11 weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Oh God!
4: Oh think... Lord! So, what did you guys like about the film? I know you both had a chance to view the film. What did you think of it? Because it's this. This is the kind of stuff that's going to impact where we go in the future, what we do, what our plans are, whether or not I just turn this off and never write anything ever again. Come on, man! You have all the power. It's
3: all in your hands right now to see if Ed's ever going to do anything ever again. So tell him the truth. <laughs>
2: I I think I liked how strategic. Um, okay, and this is me coming from a audio background because I, I'm an audio engineer. So I, I've got lots of time in the industry as well. Uh, I'm 33 years plus in the industry. Uh, 20 25 years as an audio engineer, uh, and I've been with Walt Disney World uh, 22 and a half years of that. Nice. Um, but for me, you know the technical aspects of a show um it's i I loved how each of the killings was very strategically done and and it it was there was gore, but it wasn't over the top like like it could be with some independent films, so it's like, oh, here's a blood pack. I'm going to squeeze it and just have it squirt and squirt and squirt and squirt and let it go for 15 minutes. Well, that
3: did happen like once or twice. <laughs> Don't let that fool you. It's like, Oh shit, this isn't working. We're going to have to figure something else out.
5: <laughs> yeah, that was the, the first, the first day our, bl- our yeah. blood blood system didn't work. <laughs> you just,
3: you brought out the blood squirting. So I just had to be honest, you know, it's just the truth. That's how, that's how TV works. It doesn't work. So- usually. <laughs>
4: <coughs> we, we were very fortunate. We had some really great special effects people uh, working with us um, that I guess, I, I don't know if this is the right term or not. They were like kind of like blue chip uh, special effects people that we could kind of afford um, that had recently come up. They've gotten a lot, much more acclaim since then. Uh, one of our effects people went on to go work with WWE. Another one of the effects people has their own business now and, you know, involved with sci-fi and these major productions and stuff. And if you guys want to rattle the names off and, and thank a few people, people that 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 would be great probably at this time. Shameless plugs is fine. Yeah, of yeah. course.
3: Like Ricky Vitus, he was awesome. Um Joanna Dees who you talking about, Zach Graham, Melicata. Uh Donna, yeah. I mean, literally, they were fantastic. Everybody was cool. The stuff that they were pulling out, I was like, How do you even do that? Because it did look so real. But obviously I was only referring to like the we had that one time. I'm not dogging on anybody just for the record. It's just <laughs> I wanna give
6: I want to give a specific shout out to speaking to Old Merle earlier. Old Merle's you know one of those meat dogs?
3: Oh yeah. Ooh.
6: Ooh. One of our one of our artists, Jason Swink, he created those things in my kitchen right over here. Those things were nice. Good.
3: Rose, <laughs> and Flinderella, we had Don Flinderella. She was fantastic, too. She came in and saved the day a lot. Um, especially during like the fight scenes and stuff. Um, the fight scenes were incredible. Even just watching them on the show, it's like it kind of puts you in that moment and with the fire and just, I mean, Gene and Simu and Afa, I mean, everybody did an amazing job. I felt bad for them because you could tell they were hurting after a while. Um, and I know I think Gene in that one scene that you threw Afa that you just referred to, I think Off actually tweaked his neck because he's like, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, "How you just got thrown onto a real car. Like, it, yeah. it, <laughs> it was blow in your mind but the adrenaline was fantastic to be on set and it's still kind of you can still feel it every time you watch it again because surprisingly i do watch the movie again because other people like to watch it too and i'm like proud of it so i've seen it nine million times but it's cool every time especially that scene
2: now that i know it's available at walmart i am looking at possibly stopping on my way home from work or on my days off that are coming up this next week and getting a physical copy for myself
4: yeah, yeah, man. Very cool. Give yourself a little time though, For because tests. it just went on Walmart.com, so it'll probably be a little while before it's actually in store. Uh, especially oh, with all these COVID things going on right now, I don't want to see you waste a trip.
2: Hey, I pass a Walmart on the way home from work, <laughs>
4: so <laughs> it's not a problem. Hey. Speaking of which, you guys live Florida, to get it I live in Florida now. You guys are in Orlando. I'm in Tampa.
2: Okay. Well, actually, Derek's in the Boston area. Oh, really? Uh, I'm I'm uh, here. I'm here. Yeah, in khakis
3: and khakis are the same I, thing, right?
4: I didn't, re- I didn't yeah. recognize a, a discernible uh, uh, colloquial language being from Boston there. But then again, I'm half deaf, so yeah.
5: He's only spoken once. <laughs> ah.
2: I
4: don't,
3: know, I don't know what
0: you're talking about. I don't have an accent at all.
3: From Scranton. You don't have an accent at all. You don't have an accent at all.
2: It could be worse. You could be from New Tripoli.
3: <laughs> or you could be from Jersey. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are just kidding. There is
5: no <laughs> accent in New Jersey. None. Okay. <laughs>
4: At least not a, I, one. not a discernible
5: one.
0: No, I've been told no. my accent is heavy when I say stairs. I'm sorry, yeah. 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 stairs.
4: and ladder. Stairs and
0: ladder. Ladder. You go up the stairs. Ladder. That
3: sounds like Kerner when he's making go fun of you, Ernie. <laughs>
0: So uh,
2: one question I've got is there were a lot of you guys who are wrestlers on set. How how difficult was it for for those directing to direct these guys who are are used to making changes on the fly if need be? Um, And for those of you who are wrestlers, how hard was it not to try and make changes on the fly if need be?
1: So well, how I think, how much,
2: much is, wrestling influence was there? Say. I was going to say, how much wrestling influence was there in the film? Would you say
1: a lot? I mean, that's basically the fight scene. Or I mean, Sam and I have worked together in wrestling a million times. I mean, you know, you know, when you're in a live event and there's, you know, moves being done and stuff like that, something could go wrong, you have to adapt on the fly. But I think with the the film it's like, you know, as two guys that have wrestled as long as we have and worked together as many times as we have, we kind of were on the same page for pretty much everything. So it wasn't like it was hard by any means. It was actually pretty easy, I thought, because we just have the chemistry built in. The hardest part was the four o'clock in the morning and the cold, you know, it rained and it was cold and like the, the actual just the physical part of it getting through the night being like, you know, wet and uncomfortable and cold and like in between takes we'd all run over and stand by the fire because <laughs> it, was, it was cold and damp and it sucked the weather sucked but i mean the actual scene itself i didn't think was that hard to film it was just you know getting all the stuff that we needed footage wise and the close-ups with the facial expressions and all that kind of stuff because anytime you do a scene like that the expressions and the body language are you know what's most important
0: right. so dean buddy i gotta thank you so much there's one scene you know that <laughs> With you choreographed how I'm going to do the fall, so he's punching me, <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta say, kudos to you for being such a pro, and thank you for not actually connecting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for
3: killing me but not killing me.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's times where I did feel a little graze there across the nose, so <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was nothing for him because he's done it a million times. I was like. Ooh, that was kinda close.
2: <laughs> well right it's point. it's funny you it's funny you say that. Um, last month was it, Derek, or was it in May when we had or it was either June or July, we had Robert Mallet on the show. Time. And of course he was in Sherlock or Sherlock Holmes. And he talks about how he connected with Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah. Because Robert stepped, because Robert Downey Jr. Stopped, stepped into it oh, at the last, at the last second. And, uh, and his first thought was, Oh my God, I killed him.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, Gene, Gene won't tell you, but behind the scenes, when we weren't shooting, there was a, a moment where he almost killed me. <laughs> I don't know if Gene remembers, but I went down for the count for about 10 minutes when he kind of flicked me in the nuts right before we were <laughs> right before we were to do a scene yeah. in, the, in the meat room. And it was just, he's like, I'm so sorry, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's right. We came back from it. You know. gotta have fun. Gotta have fun, man. Yeah, when, you're yeah. on set, when you're on a
1: set for 18 hours, it's like you gotta do something to uh, to break yeah. the monotony.
4: Yeah. He's... <laughs> And while we're talking about wrestlers and feats of strength, the one thing I want to talk about is this is this is you know a low budget film. That was not a fake rock that we we used yeah. uh, no. that we like that, that that Sam hoists up over his head and then drops down on Je- Jean's face. That's a real piece of like Pennsylvania ninety <laughs> to one hundred and twenty pounds of Pennsylvania coal. Oh,
1: yeah. um,
4: so our prop ah. is still sitting up on that mountain somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, you, you, you you can't get away, you can't make a film as physical as the ending of our film was if you don't have guys that are as physical, capable and athletic as Gene, Sam and Alpha are and I think that really comes through when you watch the final fight scene
5: well not to mention the firing uh, tree branch that smacked, uh, That I mean that was real too yeah, I didn't
1: have any anti retardant fire stuff on or anything, I was just like hey hit me with, the, hit me with it, we'll, we'll make it work
4: yeah. <laughs> we love Learned a lot about safety, um, and uh, we, we, we really look to implement that in the future. there's a scene where sam has gene's head and he's pushing it onto this piece of farm equipment i'm not a farm guy but it's a dangerous piece of equipment that's meant for milling or grounding something it meant to totally destroy and it was rusty and there was sam taking gene's face and pushing it towards it like you know one wrong move and 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 it could have been catastrophic so uh kudos to those gentlemen and not to mention the cars we were throwing people around, those were really cars from the 1960s parked on a mountain since the 1960s. There could have been a shard of metal or, or, or a piece of glass, and, and these guys are tearing through it like they're wrestling in my bedroom with a bunch of pillows. Um, so I, it's that's absolute insanity, man. Was,
3: that's true. That's a great way to say it, because it was watching like a bunch of teenage boys, like with a bunch of pillows in a bedroom. But they were really going at it like I was scared and I was impressed. And it was like a car accident. You just couldn't stop watching it. But I'm also really glad nothing happened, because otherwise I'd have to learn an awful lot more paperwork, I think, than I probably already <laughs> learned at that time. But nice. we're getting there. Like you said, implemented in the future. We got that now.
4: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I got to tell you one more thing too like when we shot the original promo and 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 I don't want to give too much away but you all see it it's in the promo and and Gene hoists up Jeb Tucker and he throws him and Jeb Tucker hits the ground well I was down real low for a reason kind of negative blocking something not too far away I was probably about 25 to 30 feet away I felt the ground shake I don't think I imagined that I felt the physical cold November ground shake when Sam hit the ground and he hops up like, Oh, no big deal. Do it again. No, no. <laughs> if I ever went down like that, I'd probably still be laying
3: down. Yep, I'd be there. stayed down. I'd stay yeah. down. Yeah,
1: so I, so, I, forgot, I forgot about that. Ed. I forgot about yeah, that. So, so, so Gene, so, so Joel, brother, how, I, how, I tell you, was gonna oh, say, oh, how, how say go ahead, go ahead. Ed.
4: No, I was just, I was just going to say, so Gene, I know and it's a discussion you and I've had in the past where people say, Oh, wrestling, you know, those guys aren't, Dude, wrestlers are athletes because yes, you ha- you have to be able to take that bump. You have to be able to hit the ground. You have to be able to hit your mark. Um, the things that they can do with their body is is unbelievable. I learned so much that I didn't know before working with those gentlemen.
2: Oh well, I I have for several years, maybe a couple decades now, because uh, I'm I'm a huge wrestling fan, uh, and one one of my good friends is a pro wrestler uh, over on TNA Impact. Um, Joel and Gene and you know and of course Sam and whatnot. Definitely, there should be a wrestlers union that's covered, or are you guys protected and represented by the stuntman's union? Because of, I mean, since it has been declared, wrestling is sports entertainment, y'all, y'all need to be protected as such. Because um, there, there is so much going on. And, and you guys, you know, from what I'm hearing from Ed, you, you guys are doing stuff and it's like hopping right back up like second nature like you would in the ring. It's either, you know, yeah. sold, you're sold for the scene. Once that, once the, you know, cut's been called, y'all are right up non, non-selling it. It's like, okay. I, yeah,
1: quick. Quick quick story on that, not to interrupt you, but there was a a scene where Sam threw me towards a skid which was supposed to be pre-broken so that I could break through it and make it look a little better. Well, the first take, I was running full steam ahead and it had propped up against a tree. So I'm like thinking, oh, I'm going to bust right through this, no problem, yada, yada. Well, I hit it and I just stopped dead because it it wasn't sawed through all the way. (laughs) And I can can Uh, remember like thinking to myself, oh, man, that didn't feel too good. (laughs) (laughs) I think we did it about seven more times and it finally broke through. And I was like, thank God.
3: (laughs) Whoopsie daisy.
5: (laughs) And, And you know what you got for that ad? An extra slice of pizza. That's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. worth it yeah
1: that was fun i loved it i mean I, it was my idea so i was like oh this will be fun but then you know when that happens and it's like eh, well maybe we shouldn't have done it that way
4: <laughs> in theory in theory looking at it like on the acme drawing of how it would work we were absolutely sure it would work <laughs> until team hit it. But we were sure it would work the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Yeah, and it, truly it the, the, the seventh time, time, we were correct.
1: It worked. <laughs> yeah, the fourth time it kinda cracked a little bit. And then I was like, oh okay, we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I got a, I got a shout-out to Offa Jr., man. He's a, he's a champ. He took it like a champ. I threw him off that van not once but twice, and he didn't have any stuntman padding suit on, no, no padding anywhere in that scene, not even on the ground. When he, when he hit the roof of that oh. car and plopped down onto the ground, that was a legit 290-pound guy oh. hitting the top of a car and falling directly onto the ground. Oh. And he not only did it once, he did it twice. And then I also gave him a backdrop into the bear pit at the final the finale of the fight scene and there was no nothing but one mattress in that hole. And he, he I'm six seven, six eight, and he took a backdrop off the top of my shoulders down to a pit that's about four feet deep. And wow. like like Ed said, just got up and we did it a second time. And you know, gotta gotta give him a shout out, man. He he was awesome to work with. Wrestled him a million times as well. So, you know, like I said, the chemistry was already there. Which was a huge, huge help for setting up the fight scene. So just wanted to give out my, my man Offa, of my oost, Offa of Junior, a little shout out. Yeah, and
4: one thing to add, alpha was tremendous. And one thing to add about under that mattress, the reason the hole wasn't deeper is because we were digging it by hand, and we hit the coal and <laughs> the hard rock. And uh, and I got there, I was like, I just can't dig it anymore. And everybody's like, Well, throw in the mattress now, it'll work. <laughs> um,
3: and here we are, see. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so Ernie, being the the most veteran actor on set, and or or even talent, um, how was it to almost be looked upon as like a a mentor or a guide for this film? Um, Which is the impression I'm getting from everyone is you, you were look, looked to as a a mentor and
5: guide. Well, I appreciate that, but I hope I didn't come off like that because um, I just treat them just like I treat everybody else. I mean, I give them more credit for making a film because they're going out to do it. You know, most people won't do it. So right there, half the battle is won, so I'm going to give 110% just because they're going to give 110%. Um, I didn't expect to be treated any different, uh, nor did I want to. Uh, I was willing to sit in a cold car with Gene Snitsky farting and, and <laughs> someone, you know, It was a I know. <laughs> I, I can really imagine. Yeah, so I—I I mean, listen, being on the big sets is great. I mean, but it's there's something different about be, being on an independent set with people that are passionate, that have no money, don't know where the film's going to go, and are just kind of really to a point we were winging it. I mean, I—I I know a lot of stuff. I actually knew more than I thought I did. I absorbed a lot of stuff over the years from like. 30 plus films i've done but it's kind of it's kind of weird man it's just you know you think you can't do something but then all of a sudden something inside you makes you believe that you can do it and that's really because of who's around you and the passion that they have because they make you believe and you know trust me when jason and ed asked me to come on as a producer i was like these guys are crazy you know because i really never produced anything before but I think that they saw something in me that I really didn't see. And my boy Kevin has been telling me that for a long time. Uh, and it really worked out well. So it really got my feet wet uh, to do the producing thing. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for that because they gave me that opportunity. I mean, if I helped them to move forward and to make things better, at least I hope I did, uh, then my job's, you know, has been done. But they gave me as much as, as I gave them. So, you know. I'm happy for that.
2: What, just one quick side question: whose farts were worse, Jeans or Jason Mewes?
5: Oh wow!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, well those those are weed farts, man. Those are. Weed farts. I I mean I got to say Jeans right. The protein bars, those farts are pretty wicked. Uh, <laughs> and we had nowhere to go. He'd roll the windows up and the seat <laughs> The seats were leather. The oh. car we were using was my oh. wife's. My wife's car, and they're all leather, and everything was closed up. And yeah, it was. Yeah, I'd have to give that one to Gene. You know, he's the, he's, he's the champ. Hey, like
1: like I heard someone say once, it's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I could only
6: imagine what Dave Kapler heard while you got mic'd up in that van. No wonder. He-
3: <laughs> yeah, the audio guy, Dave <laughs> Kapler, he was, the was What are you
6: laughing at? Nothing. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> I then you'd see marked something down, and like he's probably got a whole booklet of like the best takes of when the stupidest shit happened. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> I guarantee.
5: Really, I will say this though: I've, I mean, not to gloat, but I've worked with some pretty impressive people and some pretty funny dudes. Uh, in, no, not in big roles, but just to have the the opportunity to work with some really great people. And I don't think I've laughed so much on a set than I did with Hundred Acres with Jeff, Gene, and and uh, Jim Roof. Oh. I mean, was it was secret moments in that car.
1: Yeah. That car was fun. We had some
5: fun in that. <laughs> yeah, it was It was fun. I mean, it's we had a lot of laughs, you know. Their
3: dynamic was really great, too, because you guys would go off script sometimes, and all four of you would just play off each other, and that could be a movie in and of itself, I think.
5: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to do that. You got to let the, 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 the main characters just play a little bit and let them do their thing, and then you'll get that magic. You'll get it. It just you just, just got to trust in them and let them do their thing. That's all. And I think we captured that a lot, you know. Especially, I mean, me and Jeff had some great rapport, uh, and me and Jim. Uh, so it it was good. I would like Stacy said. I would love to see a lot of the uh, the outtakes one day and put some put a compilation together because uh, that would be really fun. Definitely.
0: Definitely. One of the yeah, first that has been real interesting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> one of the first things they tell you in wrestling when you're doing promos, it's like don't don't worry about what you're saying because nobody at home watching knows what you're gonna say. Only yeah. you know what you're gonna. say. So nobody knows if you fuck up or not. Just keep going.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's right. Just to be the pro, circle back. You just gotta find that way, right, Gene? To just circle back to what the initiative of the of the scene is or the conversation or, or yeah. what you're trying to sell on the ring. You always just gotta circle back to it. Don't matter how you get there, if as long as, long as it's good and entertaining and engaging, you're doing your job, man. And Gene yeah, is a because- James a pro you know, at
1: it. I get that. It's the same thing as uh, movies and wrestling. You know, it's all you're just a storyteller. In wrestling, you're more of a physical storyteller. In the movies, you're more of a storyteller acting through the scene. So, I mean, everything. Kind of but you know, like Ernie said, you know, we got in the car and we just started goofing around and having fun, and then they call for action and we do our thing. And you know, luckily we all, you know, we all uh, uh, meshed together well. And I, I mean. I didn't know what to expect because, you don't you never know how it's going to be edited. So when I first saw it, I was like, man, I, you know, I, I'm hard on myself. I hated watching myself wrestling. I hated watching myself on TV. Like, I, I want to do it and put it in the, in the rearview mirror and just try to keep getting better. But, like, I hate watching myself because I'm my worst critic. And, like, when I watched the movie back, I was actually like, man, this is really good. I mean, not thinking that it wasn't going to be, but you just never know. But, uh, yeah, like, just the comedy aspect of it. Like, I've had people tell me, man, that that was great the way you guys, you know, interjected the comedy with the horror. And, you know, it was a really scary movie, but it was funny. And I was like, ah, cool, you know, like. Because that's kind of what we were shooting for. So, you know, it came across that way. So I was, you know, really proud of that, too. So, you know, overall, I could, you know, shake everybody's hand for all the hard work because I know everybody killed it. And no pun intended, everyone killed it.
2: Well, I will say for the era you were in the WWE, I always looked forward to your matches, whether it was on SmackDown or Sunday Night Heat or ECW or even Raw. I always looked forward to seeing you on screen. Uh, and, thanks. Appreciate and, it. And I would, I would be upset if there was a week that you weren't on screen. I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Major story arc, and they're keeping them off screen for a week or two? What the hell? No. Let's keep this going. Don't let it die. Yeah. Co-
1: coincidentally, I was upset too. <laughs> (laughs) but thank you very much I appreciate that as a performer it's nice to be recognized and People are still talking about that crazy storyline 16 years later, so I guess I did something okay.
4: You
3: kicked a baby. I mean, they used NFL music for it. It's hilarious. Like, who wouldn't want that?
1: That that was (laughs) one. It came out good. It's I think it's still in the top 50. Oh my god, moments in the WWE history. And if you know, if you're a wrestling fan, like you say you are, you know, there's been a lot of really cool events in the history of WWE. So to be recognized as one of the top 50, that's Pretty cool for a guy from Nesquahone, Pennsylvania, of a population of 3,500 with one stoplight. So I'll take it. Gotta <laughs> get the Nesquahone plug in there. You know? <laughs> Derek, you got, you've got
2: someone? You got something? I have someone? No. No. That was a slip of the tongue on my end. <laughs> yes, there have a special guest right here. No. Um, I had something I was going to ask earlier. <laughs> normally, the and then I lost track of the whole in the whole See, normally that's me doing that. <laughs> don't don't be taking my bit.
1: Well, while we have the, I'll, yeah, uh, I'll, come back to. I'm going <laughs> to interject and, and give a shout out to Samu as well because that mask was not the easiest thing to work in, and he's fighting a fight scene in the middle of the night in the dark in front of a fire, being barely able to see out of the mask at times. So I also want to, you know. Give him a nice shout-out because, you know, he's a true professional. He always has been. I've worked with him, like I said, thousands and thousands of times. And ever since the first day I met him, he's always been super professional, super respectful, and, you know, went above and beyond the call of duty for the film. So I just want to thank him as well because, you know, he made an awesome Jeb Tucker. I think everybody would agree. Just, you know, his body language, his physicality, I mean – it's just—I uh, mean—he's from the Anoa'i family, the most you know, famous family in the history of wrestling. So you know, yeah. it's just—it uh, was an honor to work with him and and Offa Junior and his son Lance was in the film as well. So absolutely, you know, it, was, uh, it was cool to get to work with all those guys in this aspect and in this uh, venue, and uh, you know, hopefully. Once, like I said, the world gets back on track, people will start picking back up steam with the film. I know a lot of people watched it just today because of it getting back onto the Walmart deal. So, you know, I want to thank everybody that's watched it and thank everybody that's thinking about watching it. I think you'll be thoroughly satisfied. We we uh, wanted to do a throwback slasher to the 80s-style horror, and I think that, that comes across uh, tenfold. And like I said, everybody I spoke to about the film, you know, had nothing but good things to say about it and how, you know, how they loved it, so... I don't mean to pat myself on the back or blow my own horn, but toot toot. Well, I, I think the,
2: I think the best horror. I, I don't know if Derek's going to agree with me because uh, <laughs> of the show. The show he runs called Keepers of the Fringe, but um, to me, I think the best horror films came out of the '80s. That was more. <laughs> of the ideal horror film um, I would agree with that and you know stuff that we started to see come out in the 90s and then definitely with 2000s it's like no this isn't horror this is just it's a scare film it's a yeah, it's, it's not horror so I, I well, think that's one of the things I liked about the film was the fact that uh, Gene, as you said, it was a throwback to the eighties in that style of of, of horror. Well, yeah.
5: if you think if you think about it, in the seventies and the eighties, mostly the eighties, there was a handful. I mean, you can't you can't can't even count how many great iconic horror movies there are. Once you get into the nineties and the two thousands, you got I mean, it's hard Sequels. to find. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's hard to find a good collection of horror movies. I mean, yeah. occasionally you, you'll get a couple here and there during the course of the year. But back then in the 70s and especially the 80s, I mean, you had tons of them coming out. And they were great. Yep. Maybe,
3: well, Eileen yeah. Dietz was in The Exorcist. She was in the beginning of the film as well yeah. uh, for 100 Acres of Hell. I mean, she did the pea soup scenes and all the important stuff that Linda Blair couldn't do because she was so young. She was also in 100 Acres of Hell as well. So we were trying to incorporate people from that era as much as we possibly could just to kind of capture it, too, and have those little cameo parts.
2: Well, I'm mm. I'm looking at the time, and I know Gene's got to get going soon um uh, so this next question i'm going to start it off with gene and we'll just go around the room so to speak even though we're we're all on skype uh it's virtually virtually around the room a virtual room there we go um i guess this it, question in three parts um your favorite scene in the movie um most embarrassing story you have from the film and your your funniest memory of the film
1: that's a that's a good uh, trifecta of questions there, sir. Um, Thank you. <laughs> the, I, I, I try to do uh, my worst. That's okay. <laughs> you you always, could always improve then. <laughs> so I'd I have to say my favorite scene was probably the fight scene. I mean, obviously, because I kind of designed it and was, you know, doing the actual scene itself and the stunts and all that. It was just awesome, man. It was, like, it was fun to be able to do a crossover, you know, do some wrestling stuff in the film genre and, like, create what I thought was a really good fight scene. Uh, As far as embarrassing, hmm. Uh, to make a long story short, the original property we had for the film fell through at five o'clock in the morning the day of shooting. So we had to kind of fly by the seat of our pants and then uh, actually ended up finding the, the scene where, we, where all the old cars were through a personal training client of mine whose grandfather owned the property and were nice enough to let us use it last second. And the way you see it in the film is exactly how it is. And it's the creepiest freaking spot in Pennsylvania. And luckily it fell right into our laps the day of. So that, that was a little bit embarrassing trying to find something last minute telling everybody, Oh, Hey, we uh, just lost our shooting location, but Hey, hang tight. We're going to find another one. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, you know, embarrassing because I was the one setting it all up. So I was, you know, wasn't happy about that. And, uh, hmm, oh, geez, it's just, uh, hmm. I don't know, Uh, it's hard to say for the last question, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm just thrilled that it came out, we got it done, because as Ed and Jason will tell you, we've been working on this damn thing for 10 years, it took us 10 years to get this thing done, and uh, like Ernie touched upon earlier, we all had the passion to get it done, that was the thing, we, you know. I made numerous trips to LA. I, you know, ed, you know, calling people, begging for money, setting up locations, asking favors. I mean, oh, it was uh, it was crazy, but you know, well worth it in the end. I think like I said the film came out great. Everybody I think would agree with me. The music, the guy that did the music, oh my god, sets the scenes up perfect. It's the, it's probably the creepiest music besides Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, to be quite honest with you. I was getting chills watching the film, and I was, I knew what was going to happen, and awesome. you know, just, uh, I can't thank the, the crew enough. I mean, Ernie, Ed, Jason, Stacy, Joel, uh, you know, Swanton hiding out in the back there with his fancy sunglasses on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Just, uh, I was thrilled to work with everybody. I came to work every day, just trying to get better. And uh, you know, a lot of help from Ernie with the sets and you know, all that kind of stuff, and you know, your spots and your cues and all that. So, yeah, you know, it was a learning experience. But I think uh, all in all you know we won a lot of awards we won the best feature film at the philadelphia film festival so i mean oh, congrats you know, that, and we were pretty pumped about all that stuff so it's resonating with the fans and the you know the wrestling fans loved it and uh, the movie fans seemed to like it i got a lot of you know probably had 20 people message me today on facebook oh man i just got the film it was great you know or is there going to be a sequel so yeah it's exciting i'm you know very proud of the of the project and and all the people involved and Obviously, it's a team venture. We couldn't have done it without the team. So I just want to thank everybody that was involved. And, you know, I think we hit a home run. And now I just want to get another chance to bat with part two and hit a grand slam. Awesome. What about you, Ernie? Me? Yeah. you say Ernie? I
2: said Ernie.
5: (laughs) Uh, Well, the most memorable is easy. That's, uh, as Jeff knows, it was probably a dream of mine to, uh, and I used to idolize Mr. Bob Waldron, who I consider one of the greatest actors who was never discovered, uh, to have a scene with him. Uh, To do that scene with Mr. Waldron, to me, was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career, no matter who I got to ever work with. It doesn't matter the status, the star power, uh, Bob will always be uh, one of the tops for me uh, in that scene uh, and Jeff doesn't Jeff doesn't know but uh talking about the sequel that we were hoping that we're hoping to make one day I, I Jeff had implied to me that he was hoping to have, have a scene with uh, with Bob himself that that was gonna happen in the sequel uh, yeah. there was a way that me and Jason were thinking about doing it and uh you know but that it was, was I know brother I know we I was I, I was trying to make that happen happen for you buddy but uh it's um i'm glad that we got that jeff got to see that scene uh and to have the joy of that and that's probably the one of my favorite scenes uh of all time in any film um the most embarrassing is kind of quite embarrassing because i've had a lot of friends of mine come up to me and say you should never shoot a gun ever (laughs) (laughs) because They're like, what were you, how are you holding that gun? What were you doing? You know, I have a lot of friends who are hunters and they're with arms and stuff. And they're like, dude, you are so bad. I was like, <laughs> I, I i hate guns i'm not a I'm not a gun fanatic I have nothing against them I just don't know how to you know use them that well or, or i don't play with them that well uh so that was probably the most embar most embarrassing um <laughs> and- re- refresh me on the third question a little what was it funniest funniest the funniest oh well uh I'll tell you what uh Bo McKeever in the movie played by Jim roof. We had, we had some really, really funny uh, stuff that wasn't in the movie when we had our drinking game at the, at the fire. Uh, we just constantly – I think I laughed, laughed so much with it in that scene. Uh, we couldn't use most of it because you couldn't understand it. It just, it just got to be so silly because uh, we were trying to act drunk, and I don't drink, so – <laughs> it got to be pretty funny. That that was probably my most uh, uh funniest moment in the in the film. Right. Uh what about you,
1: Joe? Right, I don't I don't mean to interrupt, but I got a split. Right. Great talking everybody. Thanks for having me on.
2: Bye, uh, Gene. Thank you. Uh, Gene, before you thank go, you where can
1: people find you online? Uh, the Real Snitsky on Instagram, Big Gene Snitsky on, uh, on uh, Twitter. It is verified, so you'll know it's the real me. Uh, I'm also uh, involved in a business called Priority One Surplus in Pennsylvania. It's the best surplus shop in the world, and that's uh, – uh, Not not too much of a stretch because, you know, I said so. uh, (laughs) But uh, check us out if you're ever out that way, PriorityOneSurplus.com. We're in uh, Hamburg, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, get the film, go to Walmart, go to Walmart website, pick up the film, let us know how you liked it. I know I can speak for the team, like I said, and say that we're extremely proud of the project, and I think everybody's going to love it. So go ahead and check that out. And once again, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and I love you guys, and keep the faith. Here, we'll, uh, see you ya, see at ya part two. Later on, Gene.
4: Night, <laughs> bro. Night. Night.
1: Uh,
6: so what about you, Joel? Yeah, I, I feel terrible, because i got to echo Ernie's point, but probably for a different kind of reason. I, I've, been, I've been watching horror movies since I was 10 years old, right? And to be 37 today, watching horror movies from 80s, 90s, 2000s, what they try to make today, like I feel desensitized to all of it. So... For me, I did a lot of the behind the scenes work. I was behind Hank Lee Hump for a lot of those shoots. And the setting, the scene, the feeling like I can taste the air of that convenience store in that scene. And when they called action and like the fog's in there ernie's there old merle's there like i can get chills of how fucking real that moment felt and for me a no scene in any horror movie from standing there live like i don't think the movie does it justice at all being there that feeling that moment in the movie for me is and there's no horror there's no slash there's no nothing that's the horror genre in that scene yeah. setting up out to come the premonitional feeling that that dead on look of Old, old Merle's face was just it was an epic memory and I remember that like I get chills when I watch that movie and I will go back just to watch that scene. Um so definitely, definitely miss that guy. That was total legendary figure for our, our movie. Um embarrassing, man. Feel like a- <laughs> that was that was long, that was a long shoot. That was there was a lot of moments that end <laughs> I'm going to serve that for here. Find me a bench, buy me a couple beers, maybe share a J, and I'll tell you maybe one or two stories. <laughs> um, and the fun moment, oh, man, so many, so many again. But I, I guess I'll go to, like, my direct involvement in the film. I mean, funny, just having a scene where I get to interact directly with Ernie and Gene simultaneously, you know, I, I'm a little pebble compared to Gene standing up to him. I, I felt like I broke my nose walking into him. <laughs> and to just really regain a sense of what was going on, and to, to see Ernie standing there. I was a 16-year-old kid working at a movie theater when Dogma came out, you know, and that's when I learned about the View Askew productions and... Everything. So, like, for me, that moment of like knocking into Gene's chest and looking up and seeing Gene and Ernie was—I mean, for me, it was funny because I—I—I I, I was dazed and everybody else was laughing their ass off. <laughs> 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 a knock into reality for me of actually seeing like what was going on, absorbed into a film. You know, mad thanks to Ed because I left the casino and the hotel industry to get a, a master's degree and figured. What the fuck? I got to find something in film. Maybe they're filming some extra work. And this guy gave me an opportunity that led to this. Again, Ernie, your That's point, true. the passion that people had in this film. Ten years ago, I was telling my brother exactly what we did, because I just I knew you guys were the right team to be on board with this. This was a no brain. Thanks about that, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thank
0: you. Joe. How
2: about you, Jeff?
0: Oh, I have to go back to these. Uh, which one? So the the, the uh, I I have the most embarrassing one. So we're doing which one? We're most proud or funniest one? Tell uh, me,
2: tell me, fa- favorite moment favorite moment embarrassing moment favorite, and funniest let's moment. Start with
0: favorite embarrassing funny so my favorite moment or favorite scene to shoot oh man it's tough to pick because i had so much fun on the whole damn set but i the, one of those fire scenes that we did and i had this stupid suit on and <laughs> fire that's right and then one, i i you know i was like this is gonna be awesome wow it's gonna be great and then so i'm like well What am I going to use as a man? Well, just use this Food Town bag. Just stick it in here. Okay. Oh, jeez. That's right. Well, uh, how can I
4: see? Well, we'll just make some eye holes. Okay. (laughs) Good, Ed. Let's do that. So just, we didn't even have a proper mask for the guy. We handed him like a shop right bag, and we're like, "Oh, you're in the films, brother!" And
0: jump towards a roaring fire, and then the mask turns. I'm totally blind, and
4: ju- and I was like, "Holy shit, what am I doing?" <laughs> Dude, you but know we- what I just realized? We've almost killed everybody on this set at one time or another. And look, we're still but- here. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: we didn't, and you captured it all on film, and it was genius. <laughs> oh, well, you know that scene was. I dropping. guess
2: that's what the sequel's for, then.
0: There you go. Going to be dropping like my favorite. Uh, it moment. was almost a snuff film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what are we looking at? Embarrassing moment. So embarrassing for me was more. You don't see it on film. It was just a moment that I had. I had a very tough scene to do. For me, it was tough to pull it off. It was in the... Uh, with all the uh, the children. They had to do... You know, that I'm kind of directing or, or I'm referencing to as I'm going through uh, my monologue there. And uh, they're not actually there as I'm acting, you know, so I'm kind of referencing to nobody. And I just... I just had a tough time pulling that off, and I, you know, like Gene said before, I'm my own toughest critic, and uh, I, I felt like I was letting myself down and letting the rest of the crew down, and I was like, holy shit, you know, bring, get get it together, Jeff, so sort of that's my probably most, eventually we did, we came across and, and listen, by, and he was like, listen, we got what we need, it was great, uh, but I had a tough time pulling that off, so for me, that was probably my most embarrassing moment, okay. but uh, yeah. So, And then, um, but well, I forget the third one. I'm sorry. Funniest. The funniest. Watch it. You can pick any one of the car scenes, any one of the car scenes that we do. And that's, we're riffing off each other. And a lot of it didn't get into the movie. But I, like Ernie said before, I never laughed so friggin' much in my life. And we didn't look <laughs> right there. So,
2: yeah. I was it. In- And the belated birthday girl herself.
3: Uh, Well, I mean, this whole, the whole thing, and I hate to even sound, but I mean, it literally changed my career. Like I was in live TV news broadcasting and now I'm a producer and the CEO of a film production company because this film opened my eyes up to this thing. So my favorite moment is I love the fact that it completely changed my whole career and I'm, I'm very happy um, and we're growing. And now I have affiliate offices. Our main one is in Scranton, but our affiliate offices are now in LA, Orlando, Atlanta, and London. So, and. Uh, possibly next year we'll be opening up in Berlin with my marketing company out there so fingers crossed I mean how oh. can I not have this whole film be my favorite moment when it completely changed my life um, and so did all of the people in it so I'm Wait, so grateful when for you,
2: it. When you come down to the branch office here in Orlando look me up.
3: Yes I will I'm sure you probably know uh, my business partner down there because he's the only one certified to put on like SpaceX and NASA the cameras on all of that stuff oh. and he's like sponsored by like all the brands and stuff so um, I mean that's the whole thing is like networking, making partnerships and and all that, so I'm grateful and that's been my favorite moment of everything. The most embarrassing moment, um, I'm probably, it had to do with Joel, I'm sure, because he was like my right-hand man. I mean, we were doing everything together. I mean, even there were times when we went like location scouting down outside of Atlantic City, and I had a Jeep, and he has a Jeep, but I'm like, you know, I think I'm a badass driving like Jim Roof in the backseat. Like, oh yeah, I got the actors, and then I'm like, Joel, can you drive? Because I'm too afraid to drive, I'm going to get my car stuck, and I'm like, oh, I'm in the side seat like this, and Joel just completely took over, so, like, all of my embarrassing moments are probably lying with Joel, so I'm sure you can ask him, Um, but the funniest moment Everybody could probably agree with me now that he's off the thing. I could say it. But um, Gene's freaking beard, man. It was like I couldn't post pictures of being on set. I couldn't do anything because he, like, shaved his beard. And it was, like, this huge secret. And, like, I couldn't. It was all over social media that it was this huge secret. And I, I'm just, like, trying to hide it. Like, he was, like, posting pictures of him, like, drawing, like, on his face as, like, as if nobody was going to notice. So, to me, personally, just it was secretly funny because I'm, like. Everyone, nobody's, like, everything, is, they're going to find out. I mean, it was just, it was funny, but it it was stupid and behind the scenes fun, I guess, but it was a great time, so I'm appreciative.
2: Awesome. <laughs> well, those were all great. Oh, I'm sorry, Ed.
4: Don't
3: Ed. forget
5: the big man. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
4: Akiva. I mean, really, I mean, uh, a favorite scene, there was several scenes in there, obviously, the fight. It was pretty cool having 100 bikers ride terror through the Pine Barrens and, You know, chasing them with a a vehicle and recording and filming and just a lot of stuff we didn't think we could do. Um, And everybody really pitched in to get that done. And it's just amazing. And as far as embarrassing, I think the biggest embarrassing thing is the process itself. Like Gene said earlier, you know, you're always calling people, begging for money and trying to set it up. But also while you're trying to hype a project up so you can get people interested in it, you're getting pictures of your cast, you're putting it on Facebook, you're building a website, and, you know, you're trying to get people engaged to help you develop this product. But at the same time, you also have all these dissenters that are like, oh, you'll never get it done, it's never going to happen, which dissuades everyone that's working with you, and it drops the morale of everybody working on the film. So it's very hard to balance hyping a film up at the same time you're trying to raise money for a film and then constantly getting your heart broken when somebody's like, oh, I'll come in for $30,000, i will come in for $60,000, i will do this, I'll do that, and then you wine and dine people, you take them out, and then these things don't materialize, and it's kind of the heartbreak of being a filmmaker yeah. itself, and then personally, you're kind of embarrassed for that um as far as funny moments and great things going on in the film um i love atlantic city i worked in atlantic city pretty much my whole adult life and i got to take a horror film and pretty much take it turn it sideways and shove it straight up their ass and they still don't appreciate it so i don't think i would make any more films there but also come over here i got somebody who wants to say hi hello everybody this is zach Hey. All right? My son. And I got to tell you, his name's Michael, but he plays Zach in the film. There's nothing cooler than being able to make movies with the people that you love. I have my son. I got Ernie, Joel, Stacy, Jeff, everybody that was in the film, Gene, Jason. Those are my family. I love you guys. And, you know, I couldn't have done it without you. There's so many more people that need to be thought of and, and thanked. I'm really bad at listing names. Um, But anyone that was involved in the project has my sincerest, you know, love and and affection. And Mr. Waldron especially.
2: Your son's got a great name. uh, He did uh,
3: amazing. uh, He did so amazing. I was super impressed with his son because it was like one of the first days filming when we were at Plitzky's. And he just came out and he had his first words. And I was like, damn, he's good. Like, wow. Like, you know, like I was. But that's where I was. If the the kids that young were that passionate, then that just shows you how much like the entire rest of the crew was and it was just it was so cool and it actually really inspired me so thanks little mike you're you're a great zach and you really inspired me too Thank you.
4: <laughs> and one of these days, we'll get Mat rats made. I promises. Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so we're also working on a werewolf film down here in Tampa that we're putting together called "The Beast Comes at Midnight." I shamelessly put my son in everything I do because I think that's what you have to do. One, you know, he works for me, so saves I on babysitting. Export. Saves on babysitting. Um, Exactly. and saves on <laughs> babysitting. So but thank you, everybody. And by the way, you guys are great, man. I really enjoyed doing this show. Thank you very much.
2: Our pleasure. Where? So again, we'll go around the table. Wh- whoever wants to start can start. Where can we find you guys online?
4: Ed, do you want to get started? Do you want to start? Sure. I mean, you could find me on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, Facebook. Actually, you can't find me on Twitter. Those sons of bitches blocked me. <laughs> i <laughs> it blocked on twitter i don't know why i don't that's know that's
3: impressive i'm actually really <laughs> proud of you right now <laughs>
4: <laughs> they blocked my page my son's page our movie page um I, I i don't know they said we violated their things because we make sure i get this right artificially inflated our something i can't get a straight answer at anybody it's I don't know. I don't know. They said we violated their terms of policy. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I had like 35,000 followers on Twitter. Now you know how many I have? Zero. And when people look up Armageddon Ed on there, you know what they get? This deadbeat has been suspended. Don't know why. But anyway, but on other uh, platforms, you can find Armageddon Ed on Facebook, Instagram, Actually, I changed it to Big Ed McKeever because I, I've matured a little. I think it sounds better. And, uh, but you can find me, Ed McKeever. I'm easy to find. Look me up. You know, I don't send nudes immediately. But if you work me right, you work me right, maybe. Joel, I'll send you one in five minutes. Um, but again, is it, guys, it the one I'll that you, you just sent me? But it is. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it is, but the, 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 the butter stick, don't worry about that. That was all accident.
2: That's butter? Okay. I'm, it's why it's just the belly button. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's so funny. Well, Gene gave you the forearm before, so, I mean, geez, you're, you put a whole body part together, like a whole body yeah. together with all that.
4: And, and, okay. and, and Stacey, I want to say one thing. I, I heard the interview that you and often did, and mm. I got to tell you, when you explain how you got ready, to be involved in our film getting the book for dummies the the director or producer's book for dummies and everything i gotta tell you there was nothing in that book that you couldn't have figured out without it Uh, thank you 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 guys are the best (laughs) no 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 you're the best when i say you came in clutch I mean, you came in clutch. Um, um,
2: I, Ed, I'm going to take the advantage of – you saw her earlier. Give me a hug. This is my daughter, Zoe. Uh, and hi, she, daughter Zoe. She and I are going to be starting a podcast up here shortly ourselves. course oh, the journey cool. of the two of us following our geekdom. Cool.
4: Nice. So. Very cool. Zoe, what's your favorite kind of geekdom? Do you like Star Wars? you like uh, Marvel films? What are you into? Anything made by Armageddon, Ed?
2: They want to know what your favorite geekdom is. Star Wars, Harry Potter. Star Wars. There we go. go wrong. I raised her right. Tell you it nice, doesn't
1: nice. get
4: any better than Star Wars. <laughs> old, I've
1: known Star
3: Wars. <laughs> That's great. So, um, you're adorable.
2: Sad part is she knows it.
4: <laughs>
3: I only
2: got a shotgun. I'm going to need it when she here in a couple of years.
3: <laughs> well, obviously not Ernie. He just no. explained that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh.
2: <laughs> shut up for, Ed. for 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 shooting lessons call ernie
4: <laughs> <laughs> on a side note all that arrow work done by uh jeb tucker that's a certain big man when it's got to be done right
2: oh <laughs> Put it, the jeb
4: tucker costume on bulls eyes it, every time i'm like i'm like hawkeye
2: if, if you need an archer let me know
4: <laughs> nice, Just nice let me know <laughs>
2: Um, So who wants to go next? Where we can find you guys online.
3: Well, I'll throw it up. Um, You can find my business at the numbers258studios.com or on Facebook and Instagram at, and you type it all out, 258studios. And it's 258 because 24-7 just isn't enough time. Um, Or you can personally find me. I I have a page on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Stacy, S T A C E Y T O -O 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 I forget the E you're going to get my cousins and I won't get that message for about six months or so like that. So don't forget the E and Stacey toy. I'm on LinkedIn too.
6: <laughs> awesome. Nice. The one on Instagram, it's Root awakening but not like rude awakening, like Ruda, <laughs> smart, right? Rude awakening. <laughs> uh, and then my, my fun account, my my newly uh, formed okay. pro wrestling manager account, Mr. Ruda, at Mr. Ruda. Okay. Spelled out too, not M-R-M-I-S-T-E-R-R-U-D-A.
0: Okay. Nice. So I'm the worst. I'm probably the only out there that tries to stay under the radar. Mm. Why mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of work out there. No. You can so- find me on, on Facebook, you know, Jeff Swanton. Or Armageddon Ed, Stacy Toy or Ernie O'Donnell. You need to get
4: in touch. Yeah, those people. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. You, got you. So so you're, for that, So, you're, Jeff, I'm going to put a picture of you on my Twitter tomorrow.
2: Gosh. So, Jeff, so you're you're the one who still has MySpace, right?
4: Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got
6: Semisonic as his background music, too. <laughs> yeah. And Gin Blossoms.
0: Kind of life, right? Oh, Blossom. Hurry. What's What was that? 80, was that? 88, 89?
5: Oh yeah, you you old some bitch. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old.
2: Hey, I'll I'll represent that on Monday.
5: Uh yeah. Ernie. Last. Uh, let's see. Best oh, for last. God. Ed knows I suck with social media, but I am on Twitter at o e o seven on Twitter. I am on Instagram as. O D blues. And I am on Facebook as Ernie O'Donnell. Uh, and then awesome. soon I'll be, uh, representing the smod castle, uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Wow. wow. Grants. And, and Instagram. Yes. That'll be coming soon too. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and of course you can find my co-host Derek at keepers on the Fr- keepers of the fringe and NES, uh, new England society of geeks, uh, his other two shows that he does outside of the two shows we do together. Uh, um, thank you guys for coming on. This was a blast. It, it was really fun. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and thanks for everybody for coming on too. I yeah. appreciate it. I know it's late and it's a Friday night, but I wouldn't want it any other way because we've already done this for years <laughs> in, in in worse conditions, right? Yes. <laughs>
2: yep. So yeah. f- for for those who have got that last question of
5: want to know more.
0: So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.
4: Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd.